Welcome to this Perceptive Readers Podcast. Hi, I'm James Lynch. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Perceptive Readers. This podcast will be categorized as In the Mind Prosperity. Right now, on November 9th, there is like a Jose's powered presentation that I have on the pockbooks.com homepage that actually has so many rolls of videos. There's over seven rolls of videos of four uh, that goes into different music videos, documentary, and poetry. Yes, it's one of those types of presentations that you have seen me done over the years that actually it's like a theme or it's getting to a point of this and that. And so it's categorized as in the mind's prosperity. And we'll talk more about that with three headings that I will go into. Before I actually get into those three headings, I want to share again a, th- a thank you and a gratitude, not only for you longtime perceptive readers, but even the new ones that have come along within the past week to the past year. So you actually did not uh, get a chance to listen to some of the earlier uh, broadcasts and perceptive readers where some of them, the people uh, have told you, you girl, you won't believe that he said this. And then you find out, yes, he did. And yet, as you continue to listen, you see the spirit either behind or in what was being stated in the first place. Now, you can still end up deciding among yourselves whether you found or felt, hey, uh, I wouldn't have said this or that, and yet this is what in the mind's prosperity will get into why certain things are said the way that they are. Okay, the other point that I want to bring out in a, an amount of thank you is still, yes, to the Most High and the true God, who, at least in the English pronunciation on the North American continent, is, uh, persons may say Yahweh and may just say Y-H-W-H, I affectionately call the Most High True God Jehovah Himself. Okay? And now... Let's move into the categories that I told you about. Oh, and one other statement. Uh, because of disperceptive readers this week and other uh, writings that I'm actually working on uh, presently and just things that, you know, I'm going to uh, accomplish in another project wise that has to be done this week. There will be no doc roast or frappuccino answering for this week. You will find that in this perceptive readers, it's enough where you'll have to listen to it twice anyway. And with the video, uh, examples of the documentary and music and things of that nature that I put on the home page right now, uh, you may want to look at those. And I'm just telling you, if there was a rating system, uh, depending on who you talk to, they may say, Hey, this is rated PG all the way up the scale of, of how it goes as far as adult and maturity, depending on how you view uh, certain matters, okay? And again, 
We will get into that in the in mind prosperity. And why this is a, uh, not only an important perceptive readers, uh, but it, it is one of those ones that it's, it's personal. And since it is, uh, personal, I'm doing it in a way like I have it categorized and make sure that, hey, I'm talking to you as if you just came along within the past week. All right. And this will be in the category. Number one, grassroots. That's that's the name. And I'm going to make sure as I put it in the descriptions, you will see, you know, this perceptive readers. The other one would be number two, a father's character. And number three, a sage being brought back to the metropolis area and land. All right. So let us start with the category grassroots. You know, when you have forgiveness, it doesn't mean that even the forgiveness that's been given you or the forgiveness that you have given others, that you still forget the experience. What you actually end up doing over time is you don't forget the experience, but what? You will forget or lessen or no longer feel if it was on the bad side of things, which that's what requires forgiveness, the pain. That went along with that, you see. It's a, it's called the forgiveness from the heart. And yet the experience that you have from it, it helps others who may come along, like see, on the grassroots level, you know, young. And when I say young, yes, you may be even 40, 50, 60, or 70, but you're still young in heart, young in spirit. Okay, that will come along and say, you know, I've been a babe in this area. Why do you do things in such a way? And why do you even claim certain ways of treating people so strongly where over here you have another group of persons who feel they have sat down, they thought this out and ran it through time and time and time again and say they want to do it this way. And you're saying that. I wouldn't do it in that way. Well, one, if a person hasn't done something in a certain way, or, or this time is front your eyes, and they feel strongly about it, why do you think they feel strongly about it? Because they have already seen the very good results, you see, from the experience of doing it another way. And also in those good results, when they compare it by doing it this way, aside from maybe even what a group of people are doing on another side of things, according to their observation, and yes, can throw some facts in there, they've seen this is the better way of doing it, all right? Now, with that also being said, there is a story that I gave a year ago, 
and you can listen to it. And it was dealing with the, the lion, the leader and the sage series where in part number four, I shared a story that would actually get you, you know, a parable, if you will. And yes, it's very, you know, livened up or dramatized, but it still goes to show the different types of people and personalities in the world and how there are certain types of personalities and and build up you see uh makeup you see of the persons that you can do something to one group of uh, people or persons and guess what they'll end up picking themselves up and going on while there can be another group of persons and you can do the same thing to them and guess what it will destroy them for the rest of their life Another example of showing it is sometimes when people talk about their childhood, uh, you will hear some persons laughing and joking over coffee or what have you, <laughs> depending on your culture background. And that person will tell you, yeah, boy, I was getting my butt beat every, every week for something that I was doing. You see, uh, every week. And, and they'll laugh about it, but you know, that really straightened me out and it got me together. And that's why I'm able to do what I'm doing today. And then you'll see again, another person who may talk personality, you know, on a different uh, wavelength, if you will, uh, uh, even a softness or gentleness to them. And you will hear even the current who may still be alive at that time who said you know no he or she just never really been quite like that it's almost like if they did something wrong all you had to do was just give that person a look and they said now you know better and boy it just stuck with them while this person over here had to have uh, you know, the use expression again, spare the rod, uh, spoil the child. Oh my goodness. That the, the child certainly seemed to need the rod of discipline more than anything else in their life as they hit the adolescence age. When over here, all it required was the scale. If we can use the example, a scale of balance and the properness of degree, you see, I'm saying, all I need to do is weigh it in this way. This counsel, this advice, this discipline in this way. And this person over here gets it. Anything more and what will happen to this person over here. So with that being said, the whole point that was being brought out in the line, the sage, the line, the leader and the sage is that there are certain appropriateness and degrees of informing people. Okay. Uh, degrees of disciplining people and awakening people that does not apply as a blanket statement to society as a whole. Now, I'm sharing that with you to bring out this other point because I remember I told you that there are 
persons. And that's why I told you to go to the parkbooks.com homepage site and you will see a way of thinking from Thomas Sowell, who was in a debate with another man, uh, an intellectual, if you will. And you will see the difference in what Thomas Saul was saying, the way that social issues should be handling, handled and the way this other person was saying it. And Thomas Saul was, uh, you know, in his expressions, and I encourage you to watch that video, really goes to show how he was coming from a standpoint of, you heard me use the expression, knowing when to say when, and then the person he was debating with, you could see with other mindset where the whole world or situation could practically fall apart. And that was still more important in the sense of being able to get this data. But the point is, who would the data benefit? Who would the data, you see, be left for? Keep that in mind. Who would the data be left for? Because like I said, again, if you got two different sets of people and I told you the different trials that are put upon people at times, Tuskegee experiment, see that uh, here it is. Persons will sometimes say we're going through this scenario to help humankind or mankind to wake up if you will but I'm saying again who are the ones benefiting from it this is what I mean take everything that I said for the last five minutes and so the point is if all the extreme conditions are used to wake up the hard-headed but then the people who were already awake and listened have fallen apart or passed away from the earth. How is that a balance of the scales? You see, how is that a fairness of the scales when it's almost like, again, saying we're doing this because now, you know, even though you're so asleep as they may, you know, or be looking at it, it's like, it's important to try to wake you up in this way. Now, I want to share this with you because, yes, um, there are some situations where it just happens that way, you see. However, this is where a principle that you've heard me mention before that comes from the good book that does talk about you know, if you have the power within your hands to do something, to do good, which means being proactive in something, in helping someone, and that jumps us into another book of talking about James, where it is an encouragement. If you're trying to still help somebody spiritually, who is your brother or sister, and saying you need to do this, but then you don't do one thing. To help them to get that material need, you see. Then it's of no avail of even saying something along the positive line. Usually a good thing uh, to the person because you didn't really give what was needed and you certainly could have. And so it just becomes, you know, lip service in that way. 
Now, with that still being said, see on the grassroots level of what I'm sharing with you on, you know, today you've heard me say there's a lot of knowledge out there. Okay. And yes, there is a lot of knowledge out there. And on uh, top of that, there is a grab, you see, for the authority on truth, you see. Uh, what groups or people are truly speaking the truth? Now, this doesn't mean that you know, we don't have uh, other avenues of the arts. That's not what I'm, I'm sharing with you. What I'm talking about is the foundational, you see, truth of what is really required to help society. You see, the foundation. We're not talking about the recre recreational, creative writing and arts and stuff like that. Because, as you know, that is to continue to give us what was talked about even in the days of Solomon. Where it said that they were able to, boy, eat and drink and merry making. They were happy. The land was so prosperous under Solomon's reign. Okay. And see, when we talk about the balancing of scales, you see, the reason why I want you to, again, uh, look up that firing line with William F. Buckley, uh, the economics and politics of race. It's not to focus in on race. I told you it's it, talking about in principle, still, uh, the foundation of what makes people prosperous and a balancing of the scales, if you will, of, okay, you're talking about, uh, you, you see, helping people here this way for their quality of life. But if you become heavy handed on the scales, it's like it takes all the enjoyment out of life, period. You see? And so that's the whole thing about it, that uh, sometimes, again, remember, I'm talking about there's knowledge out here. You know, I listen to a lot of people and I've had many conversations over the years and see, and even at times and seeing this is going to take us into this uh, uh, second uh, point. And many times, many times. You know, uh, I've dealt with persons who did not even ascribe their knowledge or belief system to who I gave um, wholehearted thankfulness to in the opening of this podcast. You see, uh, they won't uh, say that there is a true living being who made the whole universe for nothing. They will not say it. Uh they are made up in their mind that they won't believe it or anything of that nature. And see, and I'm going to share with you in my observation at times, uh, these same persons who just won't acknowledge the grand creator in that way, they, many of them end up being the very type of person that is in that debate but was on the opposite side of Thomas Sowell 
you see, in that video debate, who will actually, uh, you know, be very respectful and soft-spoken. But I've seen in observation experience, they don't have the ability all the time. I'm not making a blanket statement. I'm just saying I'm seeing it in these situations that they don't have then uh, that ability of knowing when to say when of how you treating people, whether it's in some type of um trying to awaken persons or experiment. See Tuskegee experiment. I'm going to say that again. Uh, and, you know, again, something is lost. And, and I have made the statements. I don't even want to say the argument, but that's what some people call that that is an unbalance of the scale thinking again. See, there's certain ways that you just don't treat persons. Now, with that, see, some of the same persons, uh, like in that uh, intellectual uh, debate uh, that is on there, you will find, though, when it comes to being, you see, a decent person, a righteous person, if you will, you see, uh, doing everything just right, you see, uh, looking just so the, the part or what have you, uh, they have that. You will even find at times that you say they don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't do any other vices. And with that, sometimes their argument is the reason why they won't listen to someone who has still a lot of experience on life is because then all of a sudden the vice that someone may have, whether they practice it or not, or slip and fall or not, okay, that still now it's a character flaw and that character flaw disqualifies them from any other type of life experience that really would solve still the balancing of the scales. And they've shown, they've known how to implement it. You see, let's move into number two of the category or topic, a father's character. You know, uh, I've said this, uh, maybe a couple of times over the years, and I want to say this again, that I am, um, grateful, very grateful, um, you know, for my father. And at the same time, I do realize not everyone had the same type of, uh, relationship with their um father and things of that nature. And see, and when I've talked about my father to different people over the years, some were encouraged and things of that nature. And um and some uh took it upon themselves to dig deeper on different things. And 
if if I'm being um, quite uh, straightforward on this perceptive readers uh, podcast, it ticked me off. It really ticked me off, and I'm and I'm gonna and I'm gonna go deeper on this. We talk about you know a father's character. You see. Let me let, let me make sure I, I, I word this <laughs> uh, uh, the, the right way. Uh, uh, let me tell you something that came across my feed. Oh, so many times uh, over the past year. I mean, <laughs> yeah, great day. So I'm like, man, it must be really passed around quite a bit. But it was uh, they were quoting uh, something. Uh, that a famous person said, and and this famous person said that what people or how people view you is none of your business. Okay, and this is my reply back to this: We're going along that same type of reasoning, then they shouldn't be want to be nosy enough. To constantly be trying to get into my business, right? Right? I mean, isn't it along the same uh, uh, line of thoughts that it's like, if I don't want to be worried about what they're thinking about me, shouldn't they not be worried about going to extreme measures to get into my business either or either? Uh, but I want to make myself clear that for the most part, yes, no. You know, that's one thing that I learned from my father. It did not bother him what people um, um, thought about him, you know, at all. And see, and at the same time, you know, even with uh, uh, myself, no, you know, uh, people can talk about, uh, you know, me or what have you and stuff like that. No, that's that's not what even, you know, uh, uh, bothers me, you see. Um, what you see sometimes happen is that, remember I told you, if the other people, though, that are in your circle may start being influenced to such a degree that it goes into the area of sabotaging the good relationships that you do have. See, that's one thing I want to emphasize about one of the incorrect teachings of the world that they try to make it sound like um, in order to move up and and build a business or what have you, that you have to do everything alone or, or by yourself or you didn't build that business. And that is not correct. Here, here are the facts. Because what happens when persons end up, you know, creating these different businesses? Do they not have resources and people that they purchase items from and services from? Yes, they do. Uh, do they use the, cooperation and working with others. Yes, they do. Okay. And so in general, like when persons even start off, uh, you know, they may be doing things in certain area. For example, I'm going to tell you something about one man who was a writer. 
This is a true story. And this writer, he always uh, realized that, hey, he was taking the route that, hey, just just get the story out, you know, and he could put out some stories pretty quick when he wanted to. Just get the story out and then, hey, uh, he'll purchase some resources here to do all the proofreading and editing or purchase something over there or ask somebody over here. And see, and that's just the way uh, that he did certain things that he left it that way. And he concentrated on the um, creative side of things. Okay. However, still, you know, when some persons uh, who, who it came along, who actually uh, made themselves the competition Instead of just looking at the context of and the the business, you see, um, a process of what he was using, they started placing doubts in other person's minds. You see, as if the person didn't have any capability at all to do this, this, and that. You see, but already. The person in their experience in life and what they already learned from their father, that he was already on the mentality of working smarter and not harder, you see. And at the same time, see, this is where he was also going along saying there's a certain amount or degree of respect that should always be given to a person anyway. You see, as they uh, carry out their livelihood. In other words, if they're not in your business or what have you, uh, then you shouldn't be in their business either. Correct? You see, uh, with their livelihood and things of that nature. Now, uh, a father's character. Remember I told you, I just told you one thing that the person learned uh, from his father about, you know, you always, uh, uh, you work smarter, you know, uh, not harder. Think about the resources that you do have. And, and the son found out that yes, there were certain resources that, hey, if you go here and you work with this person in this way, this person will cover all these other areas as you focus in on this. And so it's just once again a, a a professional way or process of working that really works. You see, it really does work. Uh, but again, like I said, sometimes your competition uh, just start making so many accusations that they'll put you in the catch twenty two situation where you fully do ascribe to you right what that person's saying over there. It doesn't matter to me. So what do they do? They end up start devoting their resources in such a way where they put you in a catch 22 where you know what things that you normally would ignore. You have, you have, you know, uh, no option anymore to ignore it. It's not that you can't ignore it mentally or things of that nature, but they've done and organized their life. See, that's what nosy people do in such a way where it's like, no, you have to address it now. Uh, uh, you have to address this or that. And that's what they call a catch 22 situation. And so remember, 
one of the ways that they will cause persons who will even be in your inner circle who are just fine with you, no matter what you know what you got going on in your life or not or what have you, they realize, well, you know what? When it still comes to humanity and just a basic dignified treatment that, you know, I'm supposed to get from that person, you see, I get it. Uh, when it comes towards that person still getting the assignment done or the writing or the job done or what have you, I get it. And so now, why are you coming to me? Because already now you doing this, looking in the windows and doing all sorts of other stuff. And you come to tell me now about this vice that I wasn't, you know, aware about, is it affecting their work? You see? And some people would say, yeah, yes, it is. But you know something? There you go again with the uh, balancing the scale. See, in my experience, and this is, you know, that's why I talked about um, righteousness and good, which mean being proactive and things of that nature. You see, in, in, in my experience, even though sometimes people will try to disqualify somebody totally from even being worth anything or life by saying something about their character, I've learned this even from looking at the, uh, the good book. Somebody may have a vice character over here but still will treat everyday humans with the dignity and respect that they deserve quicker than the one sometimes who got this total outward righteous appearance, you see. And I'm not saying that the, uh, I'll put, you know, um, anybody down. No, that's, that's not it at all. What I'm just saying again is that According to the good book, all persons fall short of the glory of God. And so you put any type of person in the situation. And when I, and when I said, see, there's situations and, and just like I, I've been hearing it a lot from different persons, but they keep on saying, uh, the person is on, uh, the precipice. And so uh, often, like I said, the prefaces from the way that has always been used around me, but they're they're not saying it. But I'm going to tell you what the prefaces mean every time I hear it. It means the prefaces of destruction. Have you heard that? And so it does. You can push any human being, any human being, you know, without some special miracle or mightiness from God to intervene otherwise to a point where they will either finally react physically, involuntarily even. It's like, you know, putting a hand on a hot soul, involuntary. They're going to, you know, they're going to yank that back <laughs> because, you know, it's not something they would do on their own, but they're being forced to in situations and catch 22s and everything of that nature keyword catch 22 and so it's like it's either that or guess what 
something still breaks in their mind and their spirit, where then they'll just lay down and die, if you will. Um, See the apples and oranges, perceptive readers number three, talking about sociology. See, it's a preface of destruction can either break somebody to the point where they can like become violent or it can actually do something still to the point of breaking their mind and spirit all the same. See, and just will lay down. Uh, Sometimes with some of the people that I mentioned in the beginning, you will, you will see that the ones that I told you who were already, uh, <laughs> uh, kind of rebellious or hard headed as they were growing up that it took, took the rod of discipline more times to straighten them out. Those are the ones that I've seen often who will, you know, just, uh, <laughs> and start saying, I'm picking up, I'm fighting you, I'm going upside your head. And then there's been other ones that I told you, uh, gentle, soft nature and stuff that now that they didn't got to the point, all they can do is just lay down and sleep because of depression and other things. Uh, I don't look down on those type of persons, you see. So, but all the same, no matter what, you know, you may see persons doing at times, that they may not have not been doing before. Are they doing it because they didn't, you see, that they weren't good people with, with nice personalities or what have you? Or is it because they're doing whatever they're doing now because of the pressure? The, you know, unreasonable catch 22 situations and everything that they're finding themselves in. Now, I know the reasoning again that other people use is that, uh, they will state, yeah, see, that's how, you know, the coal becomes a diamond. And yet, by reading the good book, I've observed Jesus was, you know, reading the hearts of persons at times. So he knew uh, if you want to use scales, if you will, what persons could handle what, you see. Uh, and him being perfect, he handled them just right. You've heard me state in times past that one of the uh, situations that we've come into now from the following way of sin, it's not just vices. You see, it's not just vices. And that's, like I said, often, you know, when, when persons can get on their high horse at times, they'll just look at a person more because of their vices or what have you. But no, there is something that has become lacking again in the balance of what justice is and what mercy is, you see, and what uh, being able to discipline somebody uh, to the proper degree is. And I'm going to give you a, an example of this. See, because what happens is somebody can, like I told you, they'll focus more in on a vice than the way that somebody may be treating somebody. And what happens at times is they'll say, I'm doing this to this person. Because they did this in 1812 and 
1807 and 1803 or whatever. You see what I'm saying? And you will come to find out that the way that they're treating that person, the way that they are meeting out discipline, if you will, it is no way balanced on that scale at all. It's heavy handedness to the fullest degree. It's not to the proper degree. It's been past the proper degree a long, long time ago. But see, that's what happens with humans. Remember I told you part of the falling away. There's a losing of the balance in the way that you even treat somebody when, when they've done something uh, that hurts you or wrong or, or, you know, whether it's stealing or what have you. Uh, it, there's, there's other things. But see, that's the whole thing uh, that I'm sharing with you on is that uh, it's in the it's in the personality. It's in the person's heart. Okay. And so again, with a father's character, this is what I'm going uh, to share. I am, you know, sorry for some who father, uh, have done things, uh, that you, you know, that you're having a hard time getting over and that, um, and that, uh, for some of you, it seemed like, uh, um, all fathers are no good at all anymore. It seems like, you know, the, the, the way that, uh, you keep expressing this and that. And I know sometimes, uh, some persons will say, well, you know, uh, didn't your father do this too or whatever, you see. But the, the, the whole thing is again, that the character flaws of anybody, character flaws of anybody, you can have people with character flaws and they're still running successful businesses. They're still able to help somebody when they're down. Um, they're still able to do many other things. Uh, even tell you what's right at times. And I sometimes say again, yeah, people, uh, I know it's very, it's very important for people to, uh, practice what they preach. That's very important. What I'm just saying next is, even if a person you may consider is a hypocrite or what have you, you see what I'm saying? Uh, and they may even be a hypocrite, but it still doesn't change the fact that there's a certain dignified way that if you're trying to, uh, uh, you know, uh, bring out how this other person should be acting, then the dignified treatment should still be there all the same. You see, uh, so that maybe your actions, your kind words, you're doing what is right as well will help that person to come through whatever trial or vice they're coming through. Because guess what? 
since everybody got something going on for some of these persons I've seen, and I'm saying this as a joke, it's like, boy, if they didn't have that one vice, then they would be perfect. So <laughs> I guess this is keeping them humble. But anyway, I just thought I'd share that. So moving on to number three, and I won't spend much time on this, but it's a sage being brought back to metropolis area. I wrote uh, uh, several poems about a sage's outlook and why they go to the mountains and things of that nature asking questions as far as why you would think someone would go there. And some of you did come to the conclusion that there's a certain awareness that happens to people at times that yes, once they get this awareness and the society as as a whole and how it functions and how remember I mentioned uh the circling of uh obstacles that comes around persons who become awake, the catch twenty twos and stuff that they get placed in. This is one of the reasons why they, you know, they go off by themselves because the group or even a hometown sometimes will not appreciate them where they're at, you know, um, period. Uh, they will actually abuse them, period. And so, uh, some of them, they have to go, go off. And, and the point is to bring one of them back into the metropolis area. Okay. Uh, to see how they would function and fare and things of that nature. Uh, you see, okay. Uh, people want to see if all that knowledge really is wisdom to keep them from falling apart. But all the same, they can still lose their effectiveness if so much dirt and mud has been piled on to even the sage. See, remember, the sage may be of a certain area of awareness, but this is a fact. This is a fact. You can pile so much dirt and mud on persons, even if people say it's it's propaganda or what have you, that they will lose their effectiveness anyway because of the people that may be around them uh, have a, a, you know, a long way to go on being able to not only understand what is going on, but then actually have the spirit develop in them that will make them, you see, finally stand up and say, uh-uh, no, th this is not right. See, and this is another thing that the intellectuals will say sometimes about, well, that's why we do this. But the point is, at what cost again? At what cost? The sage losing their health and their mind and things of the nature. And this is the last thing I'm going to say about a person losing their mind. You know, and this is something that my father really helped me to appreciate. And this is another reason why uh, even when I start having disagreements, at least if I'm aware of it, see, because, you know, sometimes you're not aware of it with someone who may be up in years, 80s, 90s, or even higher, you see, 
that no matter uh, what, even if we're having a disagreement at this time with this and that, it is not on purpose that I would want to disrespect somebody on that level. And see, this is one reason why I always say, again, for some person, no, you need to just communicate with them directly because if you use any other means or any other person or what have you, uh, then yes, uh, be, being imperfect, you may even hear me say something sometimes in, in a heated moment or what have you. And people may go back and say, you know what he said to your response on this and whatever. And it'd be like, you know, just like Paul said one time, you know, if I would have known that it was coming from him who said this, then I would have said it in another way, you know. And some people say, well, that's not being authentic. Yes, yes, it is. It's being respectful because, again, you have some people. Remember, I told you Jesus could read the heart. Not saying um, I can read the heart, but my point is Jesus knew how to deal with certain persons. And as I said before, there are some people who are just, again, hard-headed. Remember we talked about the rod, <laughs> how some persons, uh, and they're happy about it. They need the rod more than the, of discipline, more than the other person that all you had to do was just speak to. See, when you put a person who you already know just got a lot of mess with them, as my father would say, you have to say things in a different way sometimes because they'll just keep wasting your time. So anyway, this was the Perceptive Readers, and uh, thank you for spending this time uh, with me. They were coming up here on the 50-minute uh, mark, and I told you I'm going to leave uh, uh, this presentation on the homepage. And hey, you have a very wonderful, wonderful week. If you have any questions about anything that I said here, go to minds.com forward slash Pac JL, or you can join the Perceptive Readers Telegram app group, okay? Hey, you have a wonderful day. You have just listened to the Perceptive Readers podcast. Remember, until next time, if you read something that encourages you to improve or enhance your life for the better, it becomes your reality.